reunited and it feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> nah, 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 we ain't got to do it. Gotcha, gotcha. That was a good one. I didn't tell you, I told you, I, I told you, I, I told you I, I I'm ready for you. That one. I wasn't expecting I'm ready that for you. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the New One Part podcast. I've matured. You matured. I've matured. Yo, I like it, man. I'm growing. I like the maturation. I think I grew a little over the little break we had. I like the maturation. I like it. I like it. That's what's up, man. How's everybody doing? I don't know. It makes me feel like I should be putting on a tie or a bow tie the way you the way you you introduce us like that. We ain't that grown. You sound very reformed. No no bow tie, no suits. None of that. You ain't got to do all that. What's up? How's everybody doing, man? It's it's great to to be back. We're excited. We're excited to be here. Man. I know I am. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but <laughs> yo, why you always gotta throw everybody under the bus? To no, I did not throw you under the bus. <laughs> I gave you an opportunity to sit, tell the world how you excited be like, you are. This is what I'm doing. I, I don't know speak. about the rest of these suckers. That's, not, that's always the vibe, dog. Oh, that's, yo, you that's see just how this the preparation for the filthy yo. podcast? Yo. Oh, <laughs> oh, is this is this the filthy is this ground, ground? That's the groundwork. That's gonna that's be the spin-off. Groundwork. Filthy rags radio. Okay, okay. He lay one brick every episode. He lay a brick. <laughs> the filthy, the filthy rags podcast. Yo. Now, but, but for real, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been a minute. Yeah, and um, you know, what's, what's yeah. been going on with y'all, real, real quick before we. I don't want to start because you know they, they they call me Doomsday Mike. Doomsday Mike. So I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to say nothing. I'm blessed. That's it. How about that? I'm blessed. Mm, I'm we blessed. start the season off with some, you know, Christianese. How about you, Ange? Yeah, man, I'm blessed. Y'all just God is good, and God man, is good. I'm feeling good, real good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm feeling good. It's good to be back with the fellas. It's yeah. Nah, seriously, man. This is something we enjoy. We be doing it off camera. It doesn't matter. Like we've been doing this for years, and and it's always a blessing to to sharpen each other and to hear what God is doing in everybody else's life. Yeah. But um, nah, man. We do this behind the, the scenes too, so. This is this is beautiful. Yeah, I agree, yeah. man. It's, I, I I love this. I, I was kind of hungry to get back into it, but life. You know what I'm saying? But I'm I'm excited that we're getting ready. We're getting into season three, man. Get back together on a regular basis and just go go through the word and just share, share. You know what God reveals to us and jokes and laugh and mm. just fellowship, man, which is super dope. Ralph, Ralph, what's up? Uh, I like that fit, man. Thanks, bro. Fit look real fly, good, man. Flies. Fly. <laughs> it's that sweater, B. It's real nice, man. That sweater is very. Uh, Thanks, bro. Yeah, very spring. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's spring. It's just uh, it's nice. <laughs> it's a nice sweater, man. It's like, yo, it would be nice it's any almost, time of year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a very nice sweater, dog. Very, very nice. But I know why Ange is excited. Because we doing Romans, baby. Season I'm three. like we ain't excited. I'm fronting like you ain't excited because you finally. Come on, man. Yeah, don't be yeah, putting yeah. up the phone. I don't know why I'm excited. Because we doing Romans. Yo, son, it's it's so the se- book. So season three, right? Season three. It is, it is exciting. 
we we uh we getting into the epistles mm. roman and um nah man my little my little study time that's it you know preparing for this for this season and just you know spending time with the lord and the word yeah man it was i mean nice. ralph was nice. ralph shared pre- prepping last night like how was it you know you was reading last night and you shared that yeah it was uh, <laughs> it was intense it was extremely intense That's it was it. extremely intense cuz just just going through it as i'm reading through it and just as god reveals himself to me through the word as the words were just jumping out it was just nonstop just tears mm. nonstop i just felt this overwhelming weight of god's hand on me and and he was just taking me from scripture to scripture you know, went a little bit into the Old Testament, went to Isaiah, read a little bit more about Jesus with Isaiah 53 and 55. And as I'm reading and just, you know, you know, begin, can't fully understand what happened at the cross. But as he's revealing this to me mm-hmm. and and the weight of it all, I, I couldn't stop crying. Mm. And the tears just kept on rolling to the point where I couldn't even read. Yeah, I love when that happens. You know, and I just had to stop and just say, Lord, <laughs> I just want to just be in your presence. Mm. And that's, I think, I think that's the... um. I think that that's the whole point of why he does what he does. And even the word of God is to be in his presence. Yeah. That's what it's about, you know, and that's why he left us his word so that we, he know that he is his word. So when we, you know, when we read it and we study it and we take it in, the whole point is to be in his presence. Cause like yeah. you said, you know, anytime I'm reading his word and I feel the presence of God, it's like, all right, we're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that was the point. You know, and then you stop, and then what you do you do? You worship. Right. You know, when you're in the presence of God, what you do? You have to worship when you're in the presence of God, bro. And I think that's what the word does. You know, even prayer. Sometimes when you're praying, you know, you might start off a little stale, but when you get into it, yeah. then when you, it's like, it's like you, you're, you're mining. And when you hit that gold, the gold is his presence. Yeah. Once you feel his presence, dog, you break down. And that's, the, mm. that's always the goal. And you know, it's in the presence of God. And you know, the interesting thing that you're saying about that is that, you know, all of us, we've read many different books. You know, I've read commentaries. I read other books outside just regular biographies or, you know, you never get that same, you know, revelation. You don't get any of that right, right. reading any other book. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I've oh, yeah. never felt any pressure or any like, oh, wow, this is mind blowing. This is heart wrenching. This is a great revelation. Um, I'm being satisfied. Um, you know, reaching the presence of holiness or you don't get any of that from any other book. So you know that there is something, there's a power behind the word of God because right. it's only through the word of God can you get that presence. It's like it's always fresh, mm. right? Because, mm. you know, I've, I've been through Romans before. Yeah. But getting into it, you know, I know we say it all the time, like we're kind of selfish in this podcast where we're really growing in this as we get into the word and as we prepare for the season it forces us you know sometimes you need these structures it kind of forces us to get into the word Mm. so that we could be able to share with each other our Mm -hmm. findings and you know this is might be the third time going through romans yeah um and it's always fresh it's like right you know mind-blowing i'm like wait a minute i read this (laughs) so many times why is it like this i'm just getting this for the first first time so it's like you you get that character of god like he's always 
that new manna, that freshness is always there. Right. And what's crazy, we went through a um, inductive Bible study course with you know Pastor Richie back in the days, and mm. um, kind of teaches you how to approach the Bible and um, the epistles, right? And I always like I always knew that epistles is a letter, right? These are letters, but I never thought about it. You know when you don't think about something, right? Yeah. You just go in. Yep. But after going through that course, and it's like, yeah, this is a letter, and I actually sat down and thought about why would I write a letter, right? Mm. And the purpose and the reason. I was like, oh. And my approach to these epistles was different just because I took time to meditate on this is a letter instead of going in to looking for the theology, right? I yeah. kind of put yourself mm. in the person like, yo, somebody's writing a letter. Who's writing it? Why? When they wrote it, what was, what was the point? To who, mm -hmm. yeah. Those basic questions that we apply in everything else in life, right? Mm -hmm. When you're in school, when you're studying, right. the who, what, when, where, why's, it, it taught me how to apply that to a letter. Mm. And that just opened up my understanding with, with these letters, you know, moving forward, which, which was great. You know, interesting thing that you say that because um, whenever we read, the, like we compare, a lot of people use the scriptures and use it as some like a book of great sayings. And I think that's the problem mm -hmm. is that, you know, they look at it very similar to like, you know, oh, let's compare it to, you know, the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita or, you know, whatever books that just has sayings, you know, things that really don't have no spiritual implication that has the power to transform you. So when you just look at a great saying, so you say, oh, this is a great saying or, you know, like the verse of the day and you take that and, you know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? And then your whole theology or your life is based on like, oh, the verse of the day, you know, have yeah. faith. Have faith in what? Yeah. You know, they just take this random saying from the scriptures Trust with, me that, with that, no application. The, the social media has a lot of great sayings. <laughs> it's called memes. They'll <laughs> hit you with, oh, great saying. And people be, repost, people be reposting it like, and it's, I'm, I'm, and like it's deep. I'm like, yo, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, what does it mean? All right, but I guess you know. I mean, it, a lot of yourself times to believe just a saying is going to change that, your life. You know, when I even not to cut you off, but it's like even when I see like you know people, let's say people will post something and be like, "Yo, that's just you know this was prolific, this was deep," and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, there might be some truth behind it, and there might be, but that's like shallow compared to the word of God." Amen. Right. Amen. You know right. what I'm saying? I'm right. like, that's like a drop in the bucket compared to what you would get if you read the word of God, the mm. kind of understanding, the kind of wisdom, the kind of knowledge you right. would get. Right. I'm like, it's like you guys are really settling for crumbs mm. when you're living your lives by memes. You know, right. in my mind, I'm like, if you think that's deep, <laughs> imagine if you went through Romans, <laughs> you would be floored, <laughs> you know? And, it's, and, and that's how I look at it. It's like, and, it's, and that's the enemy, you know? He's always selling soup. He's never selling the meal. He's not selling the the the, the lobster and the steak, the surf and turf, the the filet mignon. <laughs> he's always selling soup. That's what he sells, soup. And people think that soup is everything. You know, like oh my god, I just had soup. It's like you, if you think soup was something, imagine if you sat down at the buffet, and that's how the word of God is, bro. 
from when you're reading it, you know, and that's how I look when people get all crazy off of a meme. Right. Like, so, the, so the letter, the letter of the letter to the Romans, who was it written by? Paul the Apostle. It was written by Paul. Paul is a genius. Mm. Paul was a genius, man. I love Paul. Yeah, Paul. Paul was so, um, you know, you know, it's always dope to kind of give context to these to these epistles. <laughs> um, any any brief history? Yeah, I mean, uh, I just recently finished studying the Book of Acts at my nice. my home Bible mm. study, and I just would highly recommend any of you guys to study the book of Acts because the second half of it is all about Paul and his missionary journeys and what he went through. And um, when you get to understand who the author is, obviously the author is God, but understand the vessel that he used, then that in itself puts this entire book in a different light. And um, when you see what, like what, uh, Marcus just said he called him like a a genius. Like it, the Book of Romans is is art. <laughs> mm. The way that he outlines everything from the beginning to the end. M- many, um, you know, theologians believe that this is the greatest book in the Bible. Um, and I'm not a theologian, and I haven't read every book in the Bible thoroughly, but I'm I'm leaning towards that because the Book of Romans is tremendous, and Romans chapter eight changed my life you know when i when i first studied romans a couple years ago but um i can't wait to to dive in it with you guys but the the reason that it was written and everybody can just jump in but just for like context Mm. purposes was um no one knows this was the the only epistle written by paul where he did not know the church that he was writing to Mm -hmm. he didn't personally build this church and what some people think is that on the day of pentecost uh, when the Holy Spirit revealed himself to the world, that there were some people who were there from Rome um, and they became believers. And then mm. when they went back home, they set up the church. Um, and just quickly, the, there were four stages of the church in Rome. The first stage was um, where it was 100% Jewish, right? Then the second stage was you had some Gentile that became that became Christian, so they became believers. So it was mostly Jewish, but then it was also mixed with some Gentiles. Mm. Then the Jews were banished from Rome at one point, so the 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 church in Rome became one hundred percent Gentile. Then um, the fourth stage was when um, they were allowed back into Rome, um, and the church was mixed again. And then there was some beefing between the brothers because obviously the Jews brought in the law, the Gentiles did not believe in the law, and it was just um, just a bunch of different opinions. So, um, like Paul, churches today, like yeah, mm-hmm. like churches today, exactly, <laughs> like the so, church. <laughs> so it's this is what was going on, and um, so Paul had to basically. One, he asserts his authority, and we'll, we'll read that in the beginning, but he, he has to outline, and he basically destroyed all of their viewpoints on who they thought they were, and, 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 um, and he does it so strategic and so artistic that it just makes me just, I can't wait to meet Paul, you know what I mean? But um, 
But that's basically why it was written, because there was disunity in the church between the Jews and the Gentiles. Um, there was e There's even thoughts that this was the beginning of replacement theology, mm. where um, the Gentiles were like, oh, no, God is done with the Jews because right. you... You didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was, so now this is why he 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 um, banished it. you from from Rome. Uh, and when you when you get to chapter eleven, he basically starts. Um, I think it's like chapter nine. That's where he starts so to break down. So right. nine, yeah, nine, ten, and eleven right. is when yeah. he speaks oh, of the Jews. Oh, now why But did God did God do away with his people? That's right. Damn. Oh, exactly. That's right. So oh, the beginning of chapter eleven, it says, "Has God cast away his people? Certainly not." Mm -hmm. And that word "certainly not," when you when you translate the Greek, it basically means never. He mm. will never get rid of the Jewish people. Amen. And um, so it's just awesome when you think right. about that, that that's where that mind frame started. Even back then, they were trying right. to get rid of the Jewish people. You right. know what I mean? So right. Paul had to had to put these people in his place. And when we go through it, it's just going to it's going to be so beautiful the way he does it. Ralph, who's the Jews? <laughs> yeah, start, starting already right? well, I gotta get him going he early <laughs> So by the time we get to chapter 9 He's on the roll <laughs> Alright so let's Certainly not us <laughs> So let's get into oh, man. Let's get into what Paul is uh, saying Unless anybody got any other thoughts Any context Nah any just background? real quick with what you were saying earlier I mean um, that's, that's how I always approach the epistles From jump you know, that context of it being prison letters. Mm. You know, I always, that's what always kind of, that's well, how. Was I Paul in prison with this one? No, 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 no not, no, no. not this oh, one. No, but, no. you know, like I, you know, just throughout the letters, there's letters that, you know, he's in prison, you know, mm. and I've always looked at it as letters, like Paul right. writing these right. letters to these churches because, you know, of how he, the style is definitely letter style, but just points of where he pours out his heart to, for them. You know, mm -hmm. like yearning to see them or hearing about their faith. Like throughout the letters, he's always like commending them. And, you know, it's just um, I've always approached it like that because it's so personal. You know, he's always like when he writes to these churches, it's from a personal standpoint of just, you know, I heard about you guys or I see this is what you're going through. This is what I'm hearing. I want to address it. So it's it's always personal. It's like this one on one thing, mm -hmm. you know. So that's why I always uh, I always saw it like that because I always saw it from a personal standpoint, and it just allowed me to just, you know, kind of it 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 makes it seem closer, you know, to me, you know, like he's personally writing to mm -hmm. me, you know, and like you said, once you realize like yo, this is letter form, mm -hmm. it becomes personal. Like right. yo, this guy's writing this to me. Like he knows what I'm going through. And that's how I always see it. And I see it. That that's how the Lord is. And, the and Lord is writing me a letter like, yo, and the letters, I see what you're A letter's personal. Right. right. You know? You know it's personal. Like it's a when personal you, thing. When right. you, you sit down and you're actually, these thoughts are coming out, you know, um, and you want to address something, whether you want to share how much you miss somebody, whether it's a pen pal and you're like, hey, how you doing? But in this context is Paul, you know, like, like Ann said, he wasn't. Um, directly involved in this church that started, but he heard about them, right? Right, and as we, we, you know, as we start reading in the first chapter, he was praying for these people, right? So, and one more thing is like with Paul, he was such a scholar. It's like the way the Lord 
made him do it was like, you're not going to do it with intellect and like, you're not going to sit there. It's not like you're writing a thesis. It's not like you're sitting there writing this, mm -hmm. a, a, a report. No, you're writing something personal. And for Paul, I think that was something the Lord did for him because he was such a scholar. You know, mm. so to write these letters from a personal, real point of view, I think it said something a lot about Paul's walk and his growth as a man, understanding the Lord. Like, that's why even throughout the, like one of the letters, he's like, yo, dog, I count it all loss. Mm. Like, it, he was just dropping his heart. Like, yo, this is what I experienced. This is what I go through. This is what I'm doing. And for somebody like Paul, who was so big on being a scholar and knowledge, I think the Lord did that on purpose mm -hmm. with him. You know what I mean? All right, man. So hold, on, hold on, hold on. So I know you want to jump in there, and I do too. But just two things about <laughs> Paul that I think helped to set up this book too is mm -hmm. um, when he wrote it, he was on his, his third missionary journey. He was mm -hmm. on his way back to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. He was not locked up. He was a free man. Mm -hmm. When he got to Jerusalem, he wound up getting locked up again. And Paul's main heart was for his Jewish people. 100% he loved them and it's and we're going to read here in Romans where he even tell prays that if it was possible that he would condemn himself to hell so that his Jewish brothers would would not he said he would do that and you don't even grasp the 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 magnitude of that but mm -hmm. um obviously he knew that wasn't possible but his heart was for his people but when he was locked up in in Jerusalem he had stood before the Sanhedrin multiple times and to think that to, to Paul, this was game seven of the NBA finals with three seconds on the clock. Mm. And he had the ball in his hand because he wanted salvation so bad for the Jewish nation. Mm -hmm. And multiple times he thought he had the opportunity to stand before them to to bring salvation to them through his words. And each time he failed. And then what's so amazing is in the book of Acts 2311, it says, after this was after the third time that he stood before the Sanhedrin and they almost killed him. He says, but the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. And to think of our situation sometimes, Paul wrote the book of Romans two or three years before he, he got to go there. But God didn't tell him that when he would go to Rome, he would be a prisoner, you know, and that's how he got to Rome as a prisoner. And for God to, to, you know, when I put myself, my application here is I don't know God's plan for me. I know my desires, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. And Paul would not have imagined that he would have gotten to Rome in chains and for God to visit him in prison. It says he stood by him and he said, be of good cheer. And I think that that way, where Paul was in a place where he thought he was a failure because he was standing before the Sanhedrin and they tried to kill him again. So I can't even imagine how Paul felt at that time. But um, but the Lord lifted him up and then he wrote th this book, right? Mm. And then just the last thing before we start that I think is just so beautiful is that the first three chapters, Paul literally destroys each and every person in Rome and makes them feel as if they're not worthy of anything. But as true, genuine Christians, how we should take rebuke, it says in the end of, of the book of Acts, um, when Paul finally made it to Rome, it says in uh, 28, 15, and from there, when the brethren heard about us, they came to meet us as far as Appi Forum, 
and the three inns. When Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. So when Paul finally made it to the outskirts, outskirts of Italy as a prisoner, it says here, when, when his brothers heard, they traveled on foot upwards between 30 and 40 miles. They came to meet him. And that's what they did for emperors. That's what they did. The people would do that to come show respect and honor to the emperors who were returning from a voyage. But this is the love that the Roman church had for someone that they never met mm. that literally destroyed them in the first three uh, chapters. And they, this is how they took rebuke. Mm. You know, and I think as Christians, we have to be able to be in that place where sometimes God's going to put someone in our, in our path to, to correct us. And that's how they took correction. <clears throat> so I just, I just think it's beautiful. I can't wait to get in this word, man. Mm. All right, man. So let's, let's go, uh, Verse one to six, and just anybody remember the the, the format of a letter? You have the intro, mm -hmm. and then you have the the body of the letter where he's addressing whatever he's addressing, mm -hmm. and you have the you know the outro or the the blessing mm -hmm. towards the end. So you know Paul always starts his letters in the same thing with with an introduction and a greeting to his letters and um as we get into romans and verse one it says paul a bondservant of jesus christ called to be an apostle separated to the gospel of god which he promised before through his prophets in the holy scriptures concerning his son jesus christ our lord who was born of the seed of david according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. There is so much packed into that. Mm. All right? So let's, let's, let's just go through it. I think one of the first thing I want to call out is that when he says, when he calls himself a bond servant. Doulos, right? And uh, Greek? Correct. Doulos. What does he's, that mean? He's literally calling himself a slave. And I think one of the first things um, in calling himself a slave, you have to imagine during that time, during, during the Roman Empire, entire Rome, right? The whole Roman Empire, there was over 60 million slaves in the entire empire. In the city of Rome, the capital itself, there was a population of 2 million. 1 million, half of them were slaves. Wow. So now, could you imagine, he says, Paul, a slave. How many people's attention did he get mm. in the opening of his letter? You had 60 million people, all of a sudden, their ears perked up in the city of Rome. A million, their mm. ears perked up. Slave. Wait a second, what are you talking about? So now it becomes relatable. That's right. All right. So, so the word used is doulos. Um, so it's like somebody who gives themselves up to the will of another, mm -hmm. right? right? And who's that other that he's, um, he's given up his will to? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. I mean, how could we be doulos, douloses? Is that, is that, that's, that's the plural? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, like like the bond the word bond servant just means a voluntary voluntary slave. Right. He signed up. That this bond servants back then were slaves who literally signed up for a period of time to be a slave. It wasn't that that they were taken into custody and and made this. This is something he chose to do. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, what I think Marcus is trying to say, do we wake up every day choosing to serve God, to 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 be a, a bond servant of Him? You know, and and that's what we have to decide every day when we wake up. It's a new day, and His mercies are new every morning. And it's important for us to say, you know what, Lord, I'm serving you today with my heart, with my mind, with my soul. I'm going to do it because I love you and not because you forced me to. And also part of it is he's alluding to an Old Testament scripture. I think it's in Deuteronomy when he talks about when, because the whole thing behind slavery, right? There was laws behind this, right? In the Old Testament, uh, people would, if they lost everything and they have no money, they have no means to take care of their family. They will come, they would offer themselves to, you know, a household master, whatever, and say, hey, we will serve you and we will work for you and be an indentured servant so that um, our lives will be, won't be in total ruin. So I'll be able to provide for my family, my wife, mm. my children, my home, you know, my animals, all these things that I have that I've accumulated, but I've fallen into debt. I can't repay it. So I'm offering myself and my services so that my family don't come into ruin. And this was a, a law established by God in order to prevent families from going into total destruction, right? Mm -hmm. So now when this family would provide, when he would provide himself as an indentured servant to serve the family, he would serve the family. And then the seventh year, the Jubilee year, God said, everyone has to, if you had a servant, they have to go free. So you have to release them. They've worked. They've paid off their debts. They were able to, you know, bring their family back up on their feet. So now you're free to go. Um, And that was the tenant behind this indentured servitude, and that was what the picture and idea of slavery then, right? So now, the thing is that if the person chooses to not want to be free because he loved his master, mm. he loved this person he worked with, uh, because there was this mutual fellowship, and it was not just you know an employer and an employee, and mm. he saw him as family. Now he he can choose to say, "I want to serve you the rest of my life," and then what he would do. He would um, go to the doorway and they said they would all put it all through his ear and to know that, okay, now I have this earring. This represents that I am permanently part of the house of this owner that I've given myself onto. Mm-hmm. So, so this is the whole context where Paul is saying, I am a bondslave because I've personally given up my rights to myself to completely serve your rights and your whatever you desire. I want to be totally submitted to that and to that alone. So I give up everything I have for you because of what you have done in taking me out of ruin, out of destruction. So now I give my life unto you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. So not all slavery is bad. <laughs> Yo. I'm just, I just asked the question, dog. What's the problem? Listen, man. The way Ralph explained it. That don't sound like a bad deal, dog. Listen, man. You in a right. messed up situation. You could put yourself under somebody who's going to help you. And you, you're devoted to that person. And sometimes the situation be so good, you don't want to leave. Yeah. I mean, because he's an honest master. Right. You know, he takes care of you. He deals with you properly. He, t- you know, um, he, he, um, he helped you get out of debt. 
He's right. helping your family. Mm-hmm. And it, you're in a good situation. So you stay there and you serve him. Right. So it's not a bad deal. So I'm like, well, I, I think the idea of it is that it's willful. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. So are we, and I think the point that, you know, you guys brought up is are we willful and submitting our will to this good master? Right. That Paul is referring to, right? Because he says it, right? I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Yeah, but I'm just saying that, like, I just want to point out that it's a matter of the will. That's yep. what makes the slavery bad or good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's mm-hmm. a willful that you're willfully going under something, then Correct. the slavery isn't bad. It's not bad. Yeah. You know, so it's like the point you it's the, make. It's the, it's the word, you know? It, people get caught I, up in the word. That's why I want to bring it out, dog, because yeah. everybody says slavery mm-hmm. is bad. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But it's all about the will. If your right. will is not take, if you're willfully doing it, then it's not a bad situation. Right. But if it's against your will, then it's bad. So that's why right, I just want right, to right. clear that up because <laughs> right, right. No, it don't matter how how <laughs> clear. It don't. You don't have to make sense. <laughs> no, people you hear make, the word and then they get triggered. Dog, you got to make sense for the five people who probably want to look past I, it. I get the you. other ninety five. them is right worry, here. I can't worry about the other ninety five. <laughs> the other ninety five. Oh, right they like you said, things are triggered them. But that's a great point because again, that's the gift that God has given man: free will. So you know? we see Paul was called, right? It also go into this separation, right? He he was called to be an apostle. Um, what do you guys feel about that word, real quick? Like apostle, there's a lot of people throwing that word around. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's very unique, and um, the idea that Paul is trying to convey, or even in the scriptures when that word is is mentioned, is, is very unique in terms of what it's trying to convey. Mm. And Paul. You know, I think Ange mentioned this. He's given his credentials yeah. in the greeting of the letter. Exactly. Right? To everybody, like, yo, listen, this is this is how I'm coming, and this is in whose... Uh, I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ, mm. you know? And Galatian does a wonderful job of, of mm-hmm. Paul, you know, laying out his, his credentials. But he says, he, you know, he was called to be a, an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, mm. which he promised before through his prophets in the holy scriptures some some points in that real quick uh wait just the word on apostle um then i think from from the few things that i read it, it mentioned that apostle is the sent one and mm-hmm. and not only being sent is that an apostle had to be of a person that witnessed jesus christ he had mm-hmm. to be an eyewitness of the lord and savior he had to be an eyewitness of the resurrected Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you know, so, and, and that, and they had the authority by Christ to be able to, you know, write his words. So did Paul have that? Yes. What's an example? Road to Damascus. Road to Damascus. That's right. Road right. to Damascus. Yep. Well, do you put a difference between Paul's apostleship and the 12? No. I mean, I look at them as all apostles, but they were sent to do different things. Paul yeah. had, you know, like he said, his he was sent to be a minister to the Gentiles. That wasn't you right. know, for everybody else. That was his personal mission. So, but, but again, the credentials was, you know, he saw the resurrected Lord. Right. You know, he saw Jesus Christ, and he got his direct orders from, from Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ right. just like the the uh, apostles did back in the day. And and the funny thing though, like you, um, during Jesus Christ's ministry on earth before his death, right? Um, the disciples were with him for three years, right? His ministry was about three years. Mm-hmm. And after the road to the Damascus and Jesus was, I mean, and Paul was 
you know, he was in Arabia being taught. He said, I was taught by direct revelation from Jesus. And he was there for three years. Mm -hmm. So he was also, you know, had direct teaching from Jesus himself. So he wasn't just using that title, you know, to get people to... To get people to um, come through them doors and uh, pay, he was pay like, "Nah, money. I, I'm I'm an apostle. I was called to be an apostle. I didn't put myself as an apostle. I was called to be an apostle, right? Mm-hmm. Separated to the gospel of God, which He promised. And that kind of I underlined promise. Last season, we went through Genesis. What's some of the earliest we could?" Um, Gospel promise we could point to Genesis three. Genesis I think Genesis three, three right. is the first it's signs the first, of yeah. the gospel that you see with uh, the serpent and the woman. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, "Your seed is gonna crush the head of the seed of the serpent." That is the first sign of the gospel, right? So, so Paul's saying like, "Yo, the gospel of God, it, it's been promised it's old, from dude. back in the days." It's old, and one of the um. References I got was Genesis 15. Mm. You know, when, when God was talking to Abraham and it was like, yo, yes, seed, you know, through you, all nations will be blessed, right? So th- those are the, the different iterations of the promise of the good news because the gospel is pretty much the good news. And, you know, 1 Corinthians 15 mm. verses 3 and 6 lays out the gospel plainly. Right up. Like that's a scripture you just, just memorize because... That's that's the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. And he also gives the 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 object of the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. It was concerning Jesus Christ. Right. It wasn't right? about morality. Mm-mm. You know, it wasn't about like, oh, you gotta do good and be good. You are going gonna be a a good person because that's the gospel of a lot of people in this world. I'm mm. a good person. I do good. I do charity. Look at all the charity work I do. Give out you know, them turkeys, dog. <laughs> I give out the turkeys. I give out the. I give out soup every weekend. You know what I mean? I, I you know, um, you I know, fill I'm, up the bin with clothes. Yeah, I'm faithful to my wife. I take care of my kids. You know, and it's all about what I do, 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 and that's not the gospel. You know, yeah, like we, Paul we says, the the center of that. the gospel is not what you do, but who you know. Let me read it real quick. Um, and this is First Corinthians fifteen and three. It says, "For I was deli- for I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures." That was the good news. The reason a, a news is good. <laughs> it's because there's some bad news. It's because there was some bad. That's right. Right and. I think we went through that. We we saw the point where everything turned bad right. in Genesis chapter three. Right. Fam, you only got like two chapters of of good. Good and perfection. Yeah. It's been bad ever since. And now we're seeing, right? We we're gonna start and we're starting to see the, the theme of, of this book, which is the gospel message. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's at the core of this this book. Um, any other thoughts? Um, I also like, um, okay, like you mentioned, you was this was promised through the scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. So all of this was written from before. So this is not nothing new. Paul ain't teaching something new. This, this is not Paul's created theology. It's like yo, I'm just relating to you what was always there from the from the OT, mm-hmm. right? And I like when he says concerning um, his son 
Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Mm -hmm. So now he's, he's making, he's already making a great claim here. Mm -hmm. He said, first, he speaks to Jesus's incarnation, him being born of the seed of David. That is completely necessary because without his incarnation, he cannot die because the whole purpose was for his death. So we, he, he had to be a, a flesh, right? He had to be of the seed of David. Mm -hmm. And then secondarily, he said, and declared to be the son of God, show you now his divinity, right? With power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection. So now he made it clear that not only he needed to have the incarnation for his death, we also needed his deity for his resurrection to show that this was acceptable and that this was God so that we could put our faith and trust in him. So he made it clear. So, and he's going back to the old Testament about, yo, this was the seed of David. This was promised, you know, this was always been according to this. All right. And you know how a lot of people end up getting confused, like within like, you know, the lineage from Matthew and or the lineage from Luke, how it's different. Um, and, and we, and you know, there's answers for that. You know how Matthew is going through the lineage of Joseph, right? And he's showing you clearly. And then, um, but we know that what Christ was born of the Virgin, and it comes through Mary's lineage in Luke, because through the Joseph through Joseph's line, we know that that line was actually cursed, because that ended up coming through Jeconiah um, mm -hmm. in Jeremiah twenty-two, and the, but you know that um, so Jesus couldn't have come from through that line. That's why he had to come through Mary, because that came directly from Nathan from the other side that was not cursed. Um, so. I mean, it's so it's so tactical because the Jews knew this. You know, that was one of their problems. You know, also in like not believing in Jesus, like yeah, can he be the Messiah? Like, I, you know, um, Joseph, he was, you know, he that line is cursed. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's very tactical. Mm -hmm. And I also believe Paul is is starting to frame his message mm -hmm. right where you're seeing, you know, the weakness in the flesh and the power in the spirit. Right, and that's 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 the natural part, because mm -hmm. Jesus was related to David, right, in the flesh. Yes, that was the weak part. That was um, like humiliation and glory, right? Mm -hmm. Weakness and power, flesh and spirit, mm -hmm. right? So you seeing he's starting to frame his message mm -hmm. and how he's addressing he's addressing that, right? Mm -hmm. And he, you know, Jesus started off in weakness. And then he became the son of power, right? Mm. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Right. And, and once you start getting through the book, that he's going to flesh that out more. But he kind of hints at these things from the beginning, mm. right? The way he framed his message. And it's so masterful the way he lays it out. There's so you're seeing the, you're seeing the um, starting off in weakness and then becoming the son of power and that was shown through what through the resurrection mm -hmm. mm. yeah you also see the trinity in that verse too which you know some people mm. don't believe in where you see obviously it's talking about jesus christ right and then it says declared and the word declared can be translated to be he was proven that mm. was the proof his resurrection was proof that he was the son of who of god by the power of what the holy spirit so there's the trinity in that verse as well which is also you know, something that's interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and plus with that, I also like when he says with the, the declaration of his, his, 
his Godhead, his divinity, is that this is clearly saying that he is not a great teacher. All the people that think, oh, Jesus was some, some great teacher. Mm, no, yeah. he is not uh, the, the best guru. He is not just a prophet. You know, he was not just a perfect holy person because he has to be perfectly and totally sinless in order to be able to die for us. Right. You know, uh, a drowning man cannot save another drowning man. Mm. Like if he had if he was just a teacher, he just would have been another sinner and could not be a savior. So that's why he's declaring his divinity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So verse five says, through him, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all the nations through him, the him subject matter being Jesus Christ. Um, That's how we receive grace. Mm. Right. So again, I kind of read this with Paul. He's he's setting up his his the theme of this letter and the message. Right. Even mm-hmm. in the greeting, he's starting to set that up. And then as you read through this whole book, he's just going to flesh it out. Start fleshing the whole thing out. And then you'll, you'll get a deeper understanding mm-hmm. to what he means when he says, through him we have received grace. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And apostleship. Right? For the obedience to the faith among um, all nations. Right? Obedience to the belief. The belief in the faith of who? In the faith of Jesus. It's not obedience to just faith. Like it's just this thing, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the central core of that faith is Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, what else I got, man? What else? I, the one thing that always, you know, sticks out at me is where it says whom you are the called of Jesus Christ. And, and there are obviously some theology over there that says God predestines and, and chooses but anyone can be called. Whether or not you answer that call mm-hmm. is a different story, you know. And I just think that, you know, it's important that we have our our human responsibility to answer that call of God. Even if we if like if we're saved already, but there's something that God has planned for us to do, we can live in disobedience as a Christian, which will not allow us to fulfill that calling that God has in our life. So just because you're saved. You, you have to be obedient to God. You have to wake up and be a bondservant of him to fulfill that potential that he has for you in your life. And that's a great point because from verse one, he said, I was separated to the gospel of God. Mm. That wasn't easy, mm. you know, because even at that time, even Peter didn't fully understand. And when Peter did that whole switch up and he sat with the Jews, mm. you know, yeah. when, um, and Galatians. Paul had to rebuke him. Like, nah, this is not what we're doing anymore. Like, you know, Paul was separated for that. What he was preaching at the time amongst everyone was radical. Nobody's never heard it before. And again, when you're, you know, like you said, the Lord has a plan for each and every one of us in our life. And the Lord might call you to be separated for something. And nobody might not understand. You know, Mm. everybody might look at you like you're not doing nothing or you're not doing enough or you're doing too much. Not understanding, no, you were called. You know, like how he said, you were called, you were separated, you know, and that's for, that's through the grace of God, but it's for obedience to the faith, to, to the faith among all nations for his name. You know, you have to be obedient to that, to that faithful calling, but it's just show, you know, Paul is separating himself from everybody else. I'm an apostle, but I was separated for mm. this. Yeah. 
You know, this is a special mission. This is something different. And that takes so much courage to do, you know, because all Christians might be going left. And the Lord is like, no, I'm separating you from your church right now mm. to go do this. Yep. Are you going to be obedient to that? You know, mm. are you going to have the courage to take that step of faith, even if everybody else don't understand? And th that just shows me Paul's courage and just devotion to what he was called to do, which was to be a minister to the Gentiles. Amen. And, and it's interesting when you're saying this, um, you know, being obedient to that call with that obedience to the faith among all nations. And I, and I just looked into it and it's like, and that what kept on ringing in my ears is that you're saved by faith alone, right? But when you're saved by faith, faith never comes alone. Mm. Faith always produces something in you. Right. And what it produces when you have faith in Jesus Christ, when he saves you, it produces obedience. Obedience, right. So if faith comes alone, but it's never alone because he's supposed to produce something in you. And Amen. that production is yeah. that obedience mm -hmm. yep. to the gospel of God. And yep. he, said, he said gospel of God, not his gospel, not any. It's the gospel of God straight from heaven. Mm. And the thing about it, we as the church, we're called, you know, Paul is saying that, you know, we're all called for the same thing. And it's kind of hard because, you know, when you look at churches, everybody kind of go culturally. You know, the Spanish church, stay with the Spanish yeah. and the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the West Indian church, stay over there and the mm -hmm. white church, stay over there and the black church. And we kind of gravitate to each other culturally. Yeah. You know, when, no, that's not what you're called to do. You're called for the church and the mm -hmm. church is made up of all nations. You know, and it's very, it's very easy to get caught up like that. Like, nah, I'm not, I got to go to that church because it, you know, they, they preach the message like this, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to be careful that, you know, you don't kind of isolate everybody else because it's yeah. the church Yep. and the church is made up of all nations. Amen. I mean, the church is supposed to be this new culture, right? Right. The new culture, right. <laughs> Mm. but yeah. people try to bring in the truth of god and force it into their because it's safe into their culture because it's safe it's yeah. it's not it's 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 hard to like you said come out yourself and learn something else about another culture you know and seeing somebody but not understanding we're all part of the same church so it's so easy to gravitate towards the people you know people that talk like you walk like you act like you and move like you but you got to be very careful because the enemy will just use it and and, and that's the cause thing. The vision. We're called to be separate, right? Saints set apart, mm -hmm. right? And you see how Paul says, "Beloved of mm. God," right? Because you're set apart, God loves that, mm. right? He loves that you're for Him and you're with Him, and His heart is that everybody would be. Set apart. Set apart from what? Set apart from the world, right? The world, mm -hmm. right. Set apart from darkness, light and dark. Like these are the 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 foundation that we're always, you know, the, the contrast that we're always looking at. When you say set apart, all right, what do you mean set apart? When you saying good news, what do you mean good news? What's the bad? What's why? Why do I need good news? So you're seeing the the good and bad, light and dark, and you know it says beloved of God, you know, call to be set up. Yeah, I'm calling you. To separate yourself from that and come to me. Yep. Yeah, what's so you know what dope with that word too is that the word obviously says, mm. for God so loved the world, right? Mm. But just because he loved the world, they weren't beloved yet. That's right. You have to, you know, have that grace. You have to have that faith in him to become one of his beloved. Because if not, 
you know, <laughs> you're just going to perish with the rest of the people that he wanted to become beloved that just denied him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, the, and the great point with what you're saying about the beloved, saying the, you know, just in terms, just to, you see it clearly, like many people, you could like, I could love my neighbors. Yeah. You know, I, I you know, I'll look out for my neighbors. Oh, you need help shoveling. You know, you need help with this. Oh, you left your package out on the doorstep. I'll go and I'll pick it up for you. But they're not, they're not my wife or my, my children, right? Yeah. My wife is my beloved. Exactly. You know, there's a different treatment. My children are my beloved. You know, there's a different treatment. I love my neighbors. I'll deal with them, but they're not my beloved. Exactly. So yeah. that's the same thing where God's saying here. Those that are saved are his beloved. Amen. I love the world, right. but my beloved are those that have repented and have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because you know? what you're bringing out now becomes relational. That's yeah. right. The one that your wife, your kid, that's a, a relational mm. thing, right? And that's through your wife is, is through a covenant, a, a covenant that can't be broken. That's right. Your, your child is through, you know, you and your wife coming together. Like you can't even change that because there's something deeper than a person that moved next door. Right. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So now you're you're seeing the difference between what you guys are bringing up. My beloved, because now it's a relationship. Y'all my kids now. Yeah. And then the other people, like I want y'all to be my kids. I want you guys to come and be separated, which is the message in the heart of God. Right. We're, we're seeing that in it. And then Paul, you know, he kind of opens it up with a blessing. Right. Hold on, quick one, quick thing. I, I'm gonna go on the ledge a little bit because you know, although it's a new season, I always gotta go time, on the ledge. See what time? What time? <laughs> a I quick ledge. I, I thought he would have he would have tiptoed on the ledge sooner, but no, right. I had to get warmed up. <laughs> you know, a quick ledge is that when you said that, it just jogged my memory in terms of you said relational and the covenant, and to think about like you know, um, initially if it's done appropriately, right? When a man and a woman gets married, like we, I think we spoke about this before, mm-hmm. and that you know, the first time as you know. Uh, you know, keeping in purity, virgins, one of the part of the covenant that showed and, you know, in the Old Testament showed proof of, of this covenantal thing is when the blood. when there's blood yeah. on the sheets, right? And then we know that was part of the covenant. So man and, you know, husband and wife coming together, there was a covenant that was re- revealed, right? Mm-hmm. With children, right? The placenta, the child being born, there's blood. So there's that covenantal relationship through a shedding of some form of blood, right. you know, that actually took place. So there's the same thing with the covenant relationship with us and Jesus because we've been covered by his blood. We have accepted his blood. Neighbors, if you have not received that blood, you don't have that covenant relationship. Mm. Right. And Amen. it's crazy. Those themes are throughout the whole Bible. Yeah. You know how Paul kind of opens up and says, you know, that was promised through the prophets. And when you just said that, I'm thinking about after Adam and Eve fell, the blood that had to be shed mm. for the covering of the skin. Yeah. So those themes, when you, you think about the sac- the, the um the sacrificial system, yep. the blood being shed. Like those themes are consistent. That's why Paul is like, yo man, this stuff I'm talking about is not new. Mm. Like God has been saying the same thing mm. from chapter three. In yeah, even with, with Moses and the Passover, putting the blood on the door. All of, yeah, it's, all always, of it. it's always pointing to mm. Jesus. So we see the blessing of grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace, what is grace? Undeserved, <laughs> undeserved merit. Yeah, it's receiving what we don't and what deserve. you don't deserve, bro. Yeah. The free, unmerited love Favorite of God. Of God, yeah. To men and women. That we swim in every day. I mean, Can- a, a good example I heard 
right, between the definition of mercy and grace. I was listening to this past, and he said that. It was a great example. He said, you know, just imagine, you know, you're speeding. You get stopped by the cops, you know, doing 90, you know, in the 55 zone. Pulls you over. He comes in. You know, he's like, you know what you He's like, yeah, I was speeding. He's like, all right, now I'm going to get a ticket. That's when the guy says, I'm not going to give you a ticket. So now that's mercy because mm. you deserve to get a ticket. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. get the ticket. Right. So now you receive mercy. But then he goes, wait, 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 wait. He runs back, goes to his car. He get, he had, you know, a bag of donuts. <laughs> no, no, no. Coffee. The, no, he got a PBA card. That's <laughs> oh, better. Oh, PBA card. Yeah, right. That PBA, PBA card. card. Yeah. And he comes in and runs donuts. back to you. I don't need donuts. Or not. I want to <laughs> speed again. No, he, gives you, right, he gives you the PBA card. <laughs> PBA and now card. this is a get out of speeding ticket card. And now you just received grace because right. he don't deserve you it didn't deserve it this blessing but he gave you the mm-hmm. that blessing right. so that's a good distinction between mm-hmm. them so god's free love and unmerited favor to men and women through jesus christ right because right. we even read that before in verse five we receive you know grace through him and then peace are we able to have peace without grace no no and I no. think Paul always yeah. puts peace after grace. Yeah, grace always yeah. comes first. Right? right. So now how would you describe peace? Is your positioning now before God, it's, there's there's that peace. There's no more enmity. You're no longer an enemy. You can now stand before God, clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ because of that grace. And um, forever and ever and all of eternity, we will be able to stand positionally justified before god so being being able to live in that live freely live in that grace mm. right and using your example imagine if that person is like you know was that cop being for real or was he lying mm. could i could i pull off now being right. scared mm-hmm. that he can't drive because maybe this cop is going to catch him and really mm. arrest him and put him in jail because he doesn't understand the grace that he just received. But peace is being able to enjoy that grace. And using and, and just live freely and enjoy it, right? And flourish in that grace mm-hmm. is that peace. Because you're not worried about, you know. I mean, in using that analogy, it's like now you have that PBA card. So you should immediately feel as if, wow, I didn't deserve this PBA card. So now let me drive the the speed limit. But mm. on occasion, when you do speed, now you have that PBA card because of the grace. Damn, you know, so this guy's promoting speed and you know what I'm saying. So it's <laughs> like why I stop when you when you, when you <laughs> sin. I knew what happened. You know what I, I mean? Like <laughs> receiving that grace isn't a license to continue sinning. Mm. You know what I mean? But because we have that grace, when we do sin and we fall. We have that card now, and we have Jesus, who is our attorney now. You know what I mean? So it's a get-out-of-jail card, you know, but um, it's never, grace is never a license to continue sinning. It and never Paul, should be thought of that way. Paul gets into that in this in this book. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, when you, you have peace when you understand the grace of God, right? and you'll be able to live and benefit from the grace you yeah. know that's that's kind of how i see it yeah, it's, it's, yeah because I, I also see in terms of like exactly what you guys are saying i see a peace in him 
You have peace with him. Yeah. And you have the peace of God. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, you don't have to worry about going to bed, laying your, you know, going to bed, laying your uh, head on a pillow at night because you know that at, I have peace with God. I've made my peace with him. I've accepted Jesus Christ. I've repented of my sins. Mm-hmm. I've believed in the gospel. I know that if anything happens to me, I will go to heaven. So listen, I have peace. Listen, we just went through two years of me seeing people that have no peace, mm. but filled with fear. Word. You, you, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I could go outside. I could I could get the kehek, kehek, and then I die. Word. And you could see the angst. I'm looking at people and seeing the angst and the fear because maybe you don't understand that. All right, what if you die? Are you Are you good with that? Do you know where you're going after you die? Mm. That's part of that peace because that's you got that's that right. through grace, hmm. through Jesus Christ. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So that's that's how I that's how I uh, reconcile peace. Like though you could now you could just live and enjoy, you know that grace that you got through Jesus Christ. All right, so let's go let's go from eight to twelve. And you wanna first? I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by some means now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is just, um, it's beautiful, man, because you don't, there's something about the the Holy Spirit, obviously, that unites each and every one of us. Even not having known or met someone, we constantly are praying for brothers and sisters in other countries that are going through things because we know that they are one, like uh, we are one in the spirit. So here I see how Paul's love for these people that he's never met, but because we are one body, because we are in the same family of Jesus Christ, he's constantly making mention of them in his prayers, you know? And, um, to me, like this section right here is just, just beautiful. Um, and it's the heart of God. It's the, it's the way that we should love one, one another. This, this disunity in Christianity is just so disheartening sometimes, uh, just the constant arguing. And um, if we could just have a heart like this, I think it would uh, improve things. Yeah. And I like, I like when he says, um, I thank you for your, for your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Could you imagine that? Because just looking at the background history of how Rome was, especially under all those different emperors, right? Domitian, uh, um, Nero, um, all the all the different Caesars, Augustus, all these men. When you look at the history of how Rome was and, you know, Caligula, all these men, these people were in total depravity. You know, um, they, it, it was uh, mass uh, paganism, worshiping these these deities. Uh, had tons of idolatry, homosexuality, murder, burning. You, um, you, when you hear about like, you know, with Nero and burning Christians at the stake and using them as lamps, you know, setting up on stakes, wrapping them in sheets, 
and lighten up his courtyard. You Crazy. hear the depravity of how the Romans lived. And this mm -hmm. is how Roman felt because there was no other empire that rose to destroy um, uh, Rome. It was because they fell from um, extensive, you know, immorality. Mm -hmm. So now for you to have this church and Paul saying, yo, I thank God for the faith I hear that's in you. So that means they were able to live in this society that was so immoral, mm. so recluse, so depraved, but everyone has heard about your faith, mm. although you was in that environment. So you did not let that environment, you didn't let that social media, you didn't let uh, what the people say, you didn't hear, you let news determine what you were thinking. You didn't let, let any of that take away your faith. Mm. You stood firm on what, on Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. Now that's no, a great that, point. That's awesome, bro. So now, personal application, what news, what are people going to hear about you in this society mm. with everything mm. that's going on here? Um, you know, Paul's, we're, we're getting Paul's desire, Paul's heart, right? And how he he wanted to come and see them and how he wanted to, you know, he wasn't coming as a, uh, yo, I'm, I'm the boss. Right. That wasn't his intention. He was like, yo, I want to spend time. I've been praying for you guys. I want to spend time with you guys. I want to pour in to you guys. I also want to get poured into because I know that I'm going to get something, mm. you know, from you guys. And, you know, I like the way Paul, you see Jesus Christ as the mediator. You know, and just the way Paul is, is speaking, right? He say, I, I want to thank God through Christ. You see that God yeah. is right there in the center where, you know, human gratitude is conveyed to mm. God through Christ. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Point, and just yeah. the same way where God's grace is conveyed to humans through Jesus Christ. So Jesus mm. Christ is always there in the middle. That's, That's like, you know, when we're praying, we're praying... In Jesus' name, we're praying, right? Right. Jesus, like, hey, here, Jesus, you go to the Father with this prayer for me. Not Mary? He's, he's, no, 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 no. Not, not the saints? No, you can't. You can, no, no, no. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Just St. Saint Peter? That's <laughs> it. It's Jesus. So, you know, that, that, that mediator position mm. and Jesus, if you want to know, like, how God feels, what God says, what God would do, read about Jesus. Because mm. Jesus conveyed mm. the grace of God to humanity. Right? And I just, just that mediator position there, how, how Paul positioned Christ right there. Be like, I thank God through Jesus Christ. He just threw mm. Jesus in the middle because he has to be there, man. I love how he, he says, um, for I long to see you. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. and, and it says that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. And I mean, just to clarify, that word impart doesn't mean he's going to come and just touch someone and, oh, now they're going to have that gift. It's basically just him saying, the gifts that I've given, I want to use to to edify you. Right. And you see in the following verse, so that he can also be encouraged by their gifts. So as Christians, we should be using our gifts to encourage, to edify, sometimes even to correct. You know what I mean? So... But for, for someone to long to see the brothers and sisters in Christ, we should long to see each other on a Sunday. Mm. You know what I mean? To ask each other how our weeks have been, to pray for each other, to be blessings to each other, to eat with each other. You know, we should long to do that 
as the body of Christ, you know, and I just see here just a perfect picture of Paul and his heart for his brothers and sisters. And with the same thing with you talking about with this whole mutual faith, this mutual, like he says, this mutual encouragement they have for one another is very interesting because um, what happened is that you, you have a, a season, let's say a person has been walking with the law for like, I don't know, 30, 40 years, mm -hmm. and then you got a newborn babe, you know, just saved. And the excitement that they have, the that that joy, that fervent zeal, just being saved, and you know he's on fire. And now, when you see them coming together, where now he's like seasoned, talking about, yo, I spoke to this guy, I shared the gospel, and now that encourages the fire in the person that's more seasoned. Sometimes mm -hmm. you know they don't have the same zeal to yeah. go out and share the gospel. They, they've been living, they've been walking this. You know, I'm a I'm skilled or whatever. But you know what? Them coming together now it's a mutual encouragement where exactly. he could get you know fired up from this new believer, and this new believer now is gaining wisdom from this older Christian. You know, so now you see this mutual encouragement, this mm. mutual from growing in faith. Where and I think he has to be in that position. I always think we should be in the position where we're discipling someone and we being discipled. Yeah, always remaining in that center where there's always that you know being taught and still teaching. You know, so that we could continue this fervent growth you know that god wants us to have so yep. there, so there's this synergy within the body yes right mm -hmm. this synergy where uh both sides are being um blessed right, right. Both, both sides are uh getting something out of it yeah. right that's what i see yeah and you know yep. we're, we're also seeing paul's heart right he's being honest he's being being very transparent and he's being open and you're about to go now i was about to read no because i just want to say like one of the things like in terms of like um make mention of you in my prayers always like just like how often do we pray mm. <laughs> showing you that paul said i was always in prayer and i know mike always <laughs> you know he always like yo are you in the throne room dog i don't pray don't, don't <laughs> you know I'm what i'm the, saying i'm the worst <laughs> But the whole thing, like, I mean, it's it's convicting to me. Like, you know, like, do we pray like the way these men pray, like the way Paul said? How was to, to be in prayer incessantly, day and night? But I think that's the the thing, you know. And I know y'all probably tired of hearing me saying it, but that's what extends your prayer life. The thing is, he made mention of them, right? And I know I didn't grow in prayer until I stopped worrying about me. And I started mm. mentioning everybody else. Right. Mm. I started mentioning, you know, you guys. I started mentioning, you know, the people that are around me that are not saved. I started right. mentioning the people that are saved that I know are dealing in the different states. Right. When that begins to happen, then your prayer life goes from the little five minutes right. to, you know, 45 minutes an hour. Right. You know, is making mention, and that's why he was like, "I don't, I don't cease." You say, says, you know, he says that without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers, because he was thinking about somebody besides himself. Right, and I think that's the key to prayer. Amen. That, you know, I the key to prayer is not about you. You know, a lot of people they approach prayer like God is a genie. Right. You know, okay, this is what I'm going through. These are my, these are my trials. These are my tribulations. These, this is what I want. God can't and pray. It, can't pray for that bag. Yeah, you can't pray for the. <laughs> Oh, the Lambo. What happened to the Lambo? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought you were still that's praying it. for the Lambo. I told you, I'm matured. Yeah, you matured. You matured. Matured. You know, so when you ain't praying for the bag and you ain't praying for the Lambo and you ain't praying for the Grammy, you know what I mean, or the Oscar, or whatever it is. The genie. You right. rub the genie and you be like, yo, this is what I want. Exactly. Make it happen. When God stops becoming a genie, 
and you start thinking about God as all sovereign, all knowing, always in control, always working, then you're going to start thinking about people outside of you. And once you start thinking about outside of you, when you, when you are put last, trust me, everything in your walk grows. Right. And, and real quick, I like the way you say how you start thinking about God. And that's how Paul opened up, right? That's right. He, he thought about God as his master and him submitting his will. Mm. All right, God, what is your will? Right. You know, a lot of people, a lot of times we pray and we're talking about our will. And mm. this is what we want. And this is what we got. It's all do. about us. Because we're the master. That's right. right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. We're the master. Right. You work for me. Listen, right. God, you work make for it me. happen. Right. <laughs> but from from the opening of this this letter, Paul is already telling you, dog. I'm yo. You know how humbling going into the back. Once you study the background of Paul and who he was and his culture and his his education and once you mm-hmm. how cultured he was, mm-hmm. and he's saying, yo, dog. I'm a I'm a servant. I'm a slave. That's mm. something humbling, very right. humbling for you to say in, in your letter. You know what I'm saying? And you could see that perfect you know, to the point that you're bringing out. Like when he's praying, he's praying in the will of God. And that's, that's how right. we should pray Amen. in God's will because he's the one that's in control. He's the master. We're the slave. Master, what do you want? Right. What do you? What slave you know is going to come and be like, yo, master, go do this, go do that. That's exactly. not how it works. That's... Yep. That, that's not the interaction between master and slave, master and doulos. Yeah. And you know just what I'm real quick in that verse two, what I think is important. It says, he says, for God is my witness. He doesn't mm. say Barnabas. He doesn't say Timothy. Mm. He doesn't say anyone else. He says, God is his witness. Mm. And which tells me that he's in his own prayer closet with the Lord. He's not doing it publicly to to just to show off he's not on on facebook you know (laughs) facebook live praying as if he's some warrior no he's doing this in his private time because the only witness that he needs and that we all need is god sure there's nothing wrong with the facebook live praying but you out of order (laughs) (laughs) let them pray for the world no 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 no. but if that's the only time that they're praying Uh, yeah yeah i agree i agree you know what i mean a lot of people sometimes i need to see the facebook live praying let me get up and go pray to to show off (laughs) yeah I mean, if you your heart is to do it's, it, it's to always show. a heart issue. That's yeah. what I'm right. saying. But we can't, motives. you know, we can't, we can't tell. That. Yeah, I can't. So listen, if you if your heart is in the right place, no, do you? But what I'm pray saying on is, IG, all you God and pray for witness. me while you're on IG. <laughs> tell me to get off and go. Pray. <laughs> tell me to get off your timeline. Tell me to get off your timeline and go read my Bible, baby. Word it up. But nah, definitely, if it's for likes, then the intention is not. Yeah. It's not aligned correctly. And right. and uh-huh. when you get to the, the, the throne of God, dog, it's going to be wood, hay, and stubble. Yeah. So <laughs> I ain't here to, count, up. I ain't here to right. count your your coins here, B. When they get thrown in the fire, we're going to see what it really was. So you ain't fooling <laughs> nobody if you get on IG Live and you hit with, with the Shamala, Babala, Babala. <laughs> You know what I mean? If it ain't genuine, you know what I'm saying? If it ain't really you in the spirit and you really praying for the world, you really praying for the people, when they get thrown in the fire, we're going to see what it is. Mm-hmm. Clanking symbols. Word up. I can't tell what it is right now. That's not, I'm not your judge, you know what I mean? But And that's not what I was trying to say. No, I heard, <laughs> I, heard, I, heard I know what you was just, trying to say. I don't want people thinking I'm judging their no, prayers. No, 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 no. We just want to make it clear, you know what I'm saying? Because it could come off a different way. So what are we at, 13? Yeah. 
Uh, now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I, met, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So, as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. So Paul wanted to, uh, he's, he's clearing up something, right? Maybe they were talking about why he didn't come. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, yeah, maybe there was, well, maybe he sent out messages before. Maybe there was some word about him coming and he was being hindered, you know, right. and that's why he was like, you'll be, I, like, I don't want y'all to think I forgot about y'all, right. you know, just because I didn't, you know, they probably heard, oh, Paul went over here, Paul went, and he's like, nah, well, why, ain't, why, ain't, why, why you ain't, ain't come check right, right, us? Right. You know what I mean? You know how people get after a while. You ain't come and check me and they might think you forgot. And I know that happens plenty of time with people that we know. You know, you don't check them for a while and they think that you forgot about them. Nah, I didn't forget about you. You know, yeah. that's why Paul was like, God is my witness. I want to let you know how real it is. Right. God is my witness, what I'm telling you right now. I have not ceased to make mention about you in my prayers. I'm thinking about you guys, but I'm being hindered. So, you know, he's, I think he's laying it out. You know, that was, you know, his plan was to come out there, but... Mm -hmm. You know, it is what it is. And also, um, you know, because he gave us examples of him being hindered before. There was a time where I think I don't know, I don't remember if it was in Acts, um, where he talks about it was Satan that hindered him. Um, you remember the your Clyden, there was the the tempest, like the old um there was another time where the Holy Spirit would not allow him because he at first wanted to go to Rome and the Holy Spirit said, No, you can't go. So the Holy Spirit had prevented him, and other times where it talks about, you know, he was Ill. We don't know exactly what illness he had. You remember he had a thorn in the flesh and he prayed for, to God to remove it like three times and never was taken away. So we think, um, you know, he, he was hindered. He probably didn't know what was the aspect of him. Was it Satan that was hindering him? Was it God that was hindering him? You know, was it his flesh, you know, his sickness, his illness? You know, we don't know. But he's trying to let him know I was hindered because this happened before. Right. I've been hindered in certain places I wanted mm -hmm. to go, but... Last time it was the Holy Spirit, you know, and these things, you know, I think in Thessalonians, it was like it was Satan that was preventing me, you know, mm -hmm. um, so, so he's giving them. Yeah. And remember this, he didn't meet them. This book was written three years before he actually met the Romans too. Yeah. So I think he's sort of giving them a heads up because it says earlier about, you know, he wants to come if it is God's will, you know, yeah. so he's just giving them a heads up and saying, listen, I'm thinking about you. I love you. I'm praying for you and I'll see you as soon as the Lord allows me to get there. You know, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering if they were getting different ideas because he mm. says, I don't want you to be unaware. Right. Like, Yo, I, I planned to come, but I couldn't make it. Mm -hmm. You might have heard something from somebody else. You might have heard rumors or you might have, you know, Satan might have tried to come in and, and right. Right. Yeah. give you some other reason mm -hmm. to cause division among you. But he's trying to clear that up. Like, yo, don't get caught up. Uh, I did want to come, right, but right. like you said, when you go through Acts and all the other epistles, you read about it wasn't time. You know, right. there was a part of the Holy Spirit was like, your dog, it's not time. Chill. Well, Don't worry. Well. You get there. Yeah. Like so that, I, I feel like yeah. he's clearing that up to them. That makes sense because it also reminds me of like, you know, like the whole letter to the Thessalonians is because like they received the letter 
in Thessalonica that, yo, you missed the rapture. Right. There was, know, there was a lot of and issues. Were, and they were worried because people was, yeah, like using his name as an authority. Right. And and they was like, they wanted to clear it up. And then Paul had to write to them. Mm-hmm. like, no. You know, so I, I yeah, I, I kind of see that. That's a good point. And yeah. he said, you know, he said, I'm a debtor. Like, this is what I'm separated for. You know, that's why he said, you'll be, I'm separated for this gospel of God to all nations. Like, bro, this is part of the plan. You know, I am, I am, it's like how he, it's like he assured them, like, Bri, I'm in debt to come to you guys and to, to preach this gospel, you know, to share this good news, you know? So it's like, he kind of stamped it with that, like, dog, I'm in debt. Like, even if, even if I ain't want to, this is how I look at it. I'm in debt to you guys to come out there and to, to preach this gospel and to share it and to get fruit from it. So, no, nah, he's, he's showing just the eagerness. You know, he's, he, I think he's kind of assuring them. What do you think he means when he says that I might have some fruit among you also? I think it's the, like you said, with the mutual. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he understood that as much as I'm going over there to give to you guys, you guys are coming, y'all going to bring to me also. Like, there's going to be fruits from it from both sides, you know? And I think he kind of he kind of lays it out through the whole, mm-hmm. through this whole introduction. Like as much as this is for you guys, it's gonna be for me also. Like this, like I think you use the word synergy. Mm-hmm. There's something happening here when I meet you guys and I pour into you guys. I also get poured into also. Like I'm also benefit benefiting from it also. And I think it's like kind of the church getting. You know what I mean? The church kind of coming um, together because this I, is the beginning of it. Yeah, I I I think um in in agreement with that. Also, I'm thinking of how some fruit like you know how scriptures talk about one man plants another man you know waters and god gives the increase or like you know when 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 jesus in, in john chapter four he's like yo when he went to the woman at the well and all that he's like yeah yeah my guy you guys could could you know what reap where you haven't planted you know you could go get reap some harvest right so i think him saying get some harvest also is like yo he didn't plant the church these folks were you know born again christians but you know what? He's like, I'm going to come here. I'm going to get some harvest where it's already been planted. It's already been watered. Mm. But you know what? I'm going to help you grow in right. your Christian walk mm-hmm. to get a greater understanding, a right. greater revelation, right. a deeper meaning in this gospel. Mm-hmm. So I think he want like more so the growth, you know, the whole sanctification aspect. You know, let's see you grow in this gospel and get a deeper understanding, a better right. understanding and not a just a superficial, you know, complacent type of reality. So he says, um, right, I'm a, I'm a deb- debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and unwise. I, I think when he uses those terms, he wants to encompass everybody. Right. right? Everybody in the whole world. I'm, I'm in debt. Um, he's, a deb- he's a debtor to them. So as much as is in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are both in Rome also. So I think that's that to me that explained what the fruit he was talking about. Mm. So I want to come out here and get in the trenches with y'all right. and mm. preach the okay. gospel. Right. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I like I heard about y'all. Y'all on fire. Y'all name is spreading throughout the world. You I've been praying for y'all. I want to get in the mix. I want to get in the action with y'all. Mm-hmm. Right? And understanding that synergy like yo, I know I'm going to be be blessed just fellowshipping and being with you guys. And I'm going to be able to tell, yo, I'm going to be able to pour into you. 
and tell you all those how the Lord was dealing with me. Mm-hmm. You you'll get it firsthand from me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to me, that's like what that fruit is. And he's saying that he's ready to preach the gospel. All right? And we kind of, in the beginning, we spoke about the gospel and, and define mm-hmm. what the gospel is. Good yeah. news. And, and the good news. And, and what's the bad news? That you're going to hell. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I need to, I need to hear it. Yo, you, I'm going to be saying hell so many times <laughs> this season, dog. I need to hear it, B, because hell is real, B. But the gospel is the means, right, that God employs to bring salvation for all to, to, to who believes. That's, that's what he uses. Like, if you're looking at it as a vehicle, the gospel is the vehicle that God uses to bring you to salvation. That's right. You know what I'm saying? To just to put it in this these those terms. Yeah. And and um it's like, you know, even when he's like, you know, I'm a debtor to both the Greeks and the barbarians, to the wise and the unwise, I think he says that on purpose because of division. How easy it is to think you're better than the other. So whatever beef that the Greeks were having with the barbarians or people who were wise thinking, oh, I'm better than the ones that are unwise. Mm-hmm. It's like, again, he's he's starting early where he's bringing everybody under an umbrella mm-hmm. with this gospel, yeah. you know? And as we go further, you know, he'll always say Jew, Jew then the Greek, Jew, because it's like, dog, this is not a message that's just for one particular people or one kind of people. No, everybody's under this. Mm-hmm. This is a message for the world. This mm-hmm. is what Paul is stressing, and he's going to stress it through this whole book. Your dog, this is for everybody. Nobody's exempt. And he he points it out, and I think yeah. he starts early where he's like, Greek, barbarian, whatever beef y'all got over there, y'all all under this. Yeah, I, You know, a wise yeah. or unwise, it don't matter. Dog, we all could come together and preach this gospel. Don't think because I'm Paul and I'm knowledgeable and I'm a scholar that I'm better than you. And I, I'm glad that you said that. Like, dog, I want to come side by side with you guys. Yeah. You know, I'm not coming there like being like, oh, I'm Paul. I'm big, bad Paul. And y'all going to be under me. No. Right. Like we, you know, again, it's to unify. Especially because, this church because he didn't start this church. So he okay. can say that. Other, other epistles, <laughs> he pull out his ring. He's like, yo, yeah. man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, mean, man. Y'all... Because they were talking reckless. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> they were going. But with this he, one, he know he had no... So he's he's a little, he's coming a little and different. I, and I think with the other churches, the only reason he did it because y'all was talking reckless. Right, it's right, not right. like Paul wanted to. He was boast. being challenged, yeah. right? He was being challenged, so he had to be like, "Well, all right, you know what? Let me really pull out my credentials." Yeah. Because yeah. even in this, he pulls out his credentials for jump. He's like, "I'm a servant. I'm an apostle. Mm-hmm. I'm called for this separate message." He pulls it out from jump, like who he is, you know. But um, again, I think throughout the theme throughout this is you'll be. Nobody's exempt. For what I'm about to say to you, he covers everybody. That's what he always does, dude. He's like, no, 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 no. Don't think, oh, because I'm a um, I'm from the tribe of Judah and I'm from the tribe of Levi or whatever, and I'm such and such, or I'm this religion or I'm this sect. That don't have nothing to do with me. And we live in a world where everybody wanna separate themselves because even even when he says it, I think earlier where he's like, I'm separated for this gospel. Like being a Pharisee, that was like the word, like they separated themselves. You know, the, the, the root word that he used is kind of like being separated, you know, as a Pharisee. And it's like he plays on that to be like, y'all known me as a Pharisee. I separated myself for the law of God. 
Now I'm separate for the gospel of God. Mm, you understand okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of like y'all knew how devoted and how I separated myself from everybody else because I was so entrenched in this law. Now I'm no longer that person. That mm. same zeal and that same spirit I have is for the gospel of God. But I think throughout the book, he's letting you know this gospel you'll be is for everybody, whether it's going to condemn you or you're going to be part of the church. Yeah. You ain't separate. You ain't special. You ain't apart. Nah. Barbarian, Greek, wise, unwise. Mm. I'm coming for everybody. Yeah. This is what this word is about. And not only that, like one of the things that really drove home for me reading this, when he says, I am a debtor to both Greeks and barbarians and to everyone. He said, not only in the first verse, he says, I am, in, I am a slave of Christ. Mm. I'm enslaved to his will. I want his I only want to perform his will. Not only he's in bondage, where he free willingly put himself in bondage to Christ, he also put himself in bondage to all of humanity. He said, I am a debtor. I'm in debt to this whole human race for this gospel. Word up. Christ has put me in debt to mankind. Word up. Mm. My whole purpose on this earth is to give you the gospel. Mm. That is my life calling. That's it. I don't care about anything else. You know, I don't care about, you know, if my life is nice. I don't care if I have the nice car, the nice house. I don't care if my family's good. I don't care about anything. I don't care if, you know, blessings or not. I don't care if um, my name is up in the halls of academia. I care for the salvation of humanity. I'm in debt to you. So, so whether you hate me or not, you know what I'm saying? Shouldn't that be all of our hearts? So now is that? <laughs> so Paul had his priorities in order. God. Right. And and, it's, it's, and his ministry. Yeah. Remember, he's saying, I was called to this ministry. That's what I'm... So yeah. now you're seeing how you explain, Ralph. Like, dog, I got my priorities That's in order. It. This is my ministry. And this is the position that God and put the me thing in. And is, go. uh, my, That's why I asked the question earlier. Your brother, do you have the courage to, right, when you get those marching orders, to separate yourself? Because mm -hmm. it ain't easy. Because you grew up in this church. Mm -hmm. You know, you got people, oh, I grew up in this church, so I got to stay here. No, God might, no, it's over. I'm calling you somewhere else. Do you have the courage to leave? Like we, we saw it with Genesis where he called Abraham mm -hmm. and he was like, you got to leave everybody. And, it's, and when you look at God, when it's time for a calling, dog, it's always a moment of separation. Even with Jesus Christ, when the Holy Spirit fell upon him, what he did? He went to the wilderness. 40 days. days and 40 nights. Mm -hmm. There's always this call to separation. Same thing with Paul. Once he got the gospel, what? He had to go to Arabia and get, there's this separation. And that's why he's like, your dog, I'm separate. I'm separated for this gospel. He understood the rest of the apostles, what they were doing. And he's like, dog, I'm doing something different. That took courage. Like, mm -hmm. do we have the courage when God calls us for a ministry to separate mm -hmm. ourselves? All right. So we got to stop right here. Uh, Why are we stopping here? Because you guys talk too much. <laughs> All right. No, no, but yeah. we know, we know um, who's writing this, Paul. You know, we got a little background on Paul. We know, now we know who he's writing to. He's writing to the church. So he's writing to believers. And I think that's something very important right. for us to keep in context as mm -hmm. we read this. This is to the church. This is to people that have already been saved. 
So he's writing to believers. So we know that. And then we're starting to get an idea of his theme. And we're starting to see how he's framing this message that he's about to mm. drill down and double click down into. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and we're seeing we're seeing his heart. You know what I'm saying? We're seeing his heart for the people and we're seeing his priorities. All right, just like you broke down his priorities is like your dog. I'm like a laser. Yeah. Yo, bruh. And w- w- if you study Paul and his upbringing, you could see like, yo, this guy was disciplined. Disciplined. He's man. a laser beam, and he he's not ashamed to tell you, right? We gotta read that, dog. I'm not right. ashamed to tell you. I'm gonna let you be. I'm right for your eye. It's coming, dog. I'm not all over You're the not, place. <laughs> yo, the Holy Spirit had to stop yo, me from well coming talk. over. I was trying to come. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> like I'm slack. I was trying to come to y'all, but it just wasn't happening. And that's why, like, even that, like, that word bond servant. You know, is I'm committed. You know, that's a slave who's right. committed, totally devoted to his master and his plan. And that's why that first verse is beautiful. Like, I'm a bond servant. I'm apostle called out, separated for this God. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. This is, like you said, this is what I was here to do. This is, And when you find that as a believer, dog, do you just throw yourself like that? Yeah, like, dog, right. I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. I was, sent to, I was sent to go out and I'm committed and I was separated for this. Whether it's, you know, a, a, a worship leader, whatever. Mm-hmm. But are you ready to... Like Paul, go to the lengths and shipwreck, and you know I know I know they're gonna kill me when I go over there. I'm ready to go over there. Are you that devoted to when God calls you? Mm-hmm. You know, and that, and I think that's the thing that we really have to start to understand when we get into Paul. Like like you said, how disciplined, how devoted, how laser focused he was, and that the courage, dog, to, it took mm-hmm. because you were separated from everybody else. And not only that, the thing I'm thinking of, like reading this, where it's really uh, convicting is that it's not for Paul. It's not just for Paul. It's for every single believer. Every single one who comes to know Jesus has to have that same mentality that I'm a bond slave to Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. separated, called out for the sake of the gospel alone. That's it. To see the name of Jesus Christ worshiped uplifted exalted and extolled to the utmost for his highest sake that is the purpose of every single believer nothing else and that's why he's like jew greek wise unwise <laughs> yo y'all not don't think because you was remember <laughs> verse seven he says it you're called yeah. to be saints you're called to be saints b that's it's it. clear b. he's like yo there's no difference between you and me right this is my ministry i'm i'm for the Gentiles, I got to preach the Gentiles. You're right. called out for something too, right? right? When we're in, you know, when the cameras are off and the mics are off, That's we it. sit down and we talk about what happens here and how God called us to do this. I don't know why. Do it up. Yeah. And that's not, that, I don't need to know. Nope. I just need to be, you know what? If we're going to do this, let's be laser focused. Uh, you know and, what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and yo, Give everything we have for this and ministry. That's, that's um, and I think that's what it. Cause I think I mentioned it in the um the wrap up show, like you know, like how we were just sitting here and we didn't. But once it was clear, it was like okay, go. We're going all in. You know, this we're gonna do this podcast. This is what we're gonna do. Right. And it's Paul. Like reading about Paul is this that conviction? Because 
dog, it's when you're called out and people don't understand. Like that moment he had with Peter was real because that's a believer too. That's an apostle too. And sometimes people that were your spiritual fathers, people that raised you, they not going to understand what you're doing, bro. You're going to be in the church for 10 years, 12 years, and you're like, nah, I'm called to do this. They're going to look at you like, no. You might get some pushback. Right. You might get some fight. And you got to be like, no, dog. I'm a bond servant of Jesus Christ separated for this. Mm-hmm. And I think, the end. Go ahead. I think this verse is perfect to, to end on what Mike is saying, like with the boldness, because there were other Christians, other believers, other proven prophets that came to Paul in the book of Acts and told and prophesied that chains are awaiting you. And Paul's reply was in um, Acts 21, 13, it says, then Paul answered, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also mm. to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And I'd say to whoever's watching this, remove that word Jerusalem and put your city. Facts. Can you put, I am ready to die in Brooklyn for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Facts. If not, search your heart. Because we're living in a time now where it's short and people are dying and going to hell and we need more Pauls. Paul was a human being, but he allowed himself to be used the way God wanted him to be. So can each and every one of you people watching and listening, we can be used in the same way. So I just think that that was a... But why do you think Mm. he was so like, dog? Off the drip. I'm a bond servant. I'm separated. He was so sure. Why do you think he was so sure of this? You know, and I think it's dog. The revelation. What he saw on the road to Damascus, bro. What he got in Arabia. He's like, fam, I got this from the Lord. You ain't get this from man. You ain't going to tell me what I got to do. No, B, I'm a slave to Christ. I ain't a slave to nobody else, mm-hmm. you know, and it's because of the revelation and that came from a man who was devoted and it's, and I think as we get, as you get into the word of God and you devote yourself more and more, God reveals more mm-hmm. and through the revelation, your faith grows, that, Amen. that confidence grows where you're like, I don't care what nobody tells me. I know what I saw and I know what I heard. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah. The end. That's a great point. Cause like I said, that's why I stressed, yo, Paul was writing to Christians. He was right. writing to believers. Why? Because right. what I'm going to impart, the understanding yeah. of this gospel that I'm going to impart and treasure is going to develop, is going to strengthen your faith. Right. Right? He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to believers because it's important for you to understand this gospel and this salvation and to be able to articulate it and to be able to get it Mm. because now you'll be more grounded you'll be more rooted and then you'll be laser focused you understand what i'm saying when the enemy come at you right he's gonna take if your faith is weak because you don't understand somebody yo what's the gospel uh uh you know how i was like that Mm. facts i'd have to be like yo god's like no dog yo that's how you got that's that's what's taking you from darkness to light. You can't explain it. Mm. You don't understand it? Word up. Of course you're going to be shaky. You might be right. saved, but you shaky, dog. And you're always going to be like a, like a leaf blowing, dog. Blowing everywhere because, yeah. dog, you can't, you don't get it. You don't and, get it. Right. You know, Paul is 
talking to Christian. He's writing this letter. Yo, dog, let's dig deep. You know right. what I'm saying? So, but um, yeah, yeah talk man, too let's much just close out in prayer. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word, Lord. Um, we thank you for your grace. And in your grace, we could enjoy this peace and fellowship and love. Um, and it's through Jesus Christ that we do this. So, again, Father, we glorify your name. Um, and this is to glorify your name. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.